This is Paul Nobles from eatbeform.com, and I am with Sarah Kumar, the often contentious Sarah Kumar. Sarah, do you want to say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. And I'm not contentious. I think he's still grumpy. No, I'm not grumpy, actually. I am not sick anymore. I think I'm fully over it. Um, got to work out today. Pretty excited about that. And uh, Good. Yeah, so today's a super day, so all, all is good. Um, so we have one trend sheet that we're going to review right off the bat. Um, I did want to tell kind of one story that I thought was kind of interesting um, from my past. And when I say my past was from when... Um, <laughs> um, I'm getting a message from a from a Vikings fan um, who probably doesn't know that I'm not a Vikings fan. Um, I don't dislike the Vikings, but um, but uh, I'm originally from New Orleans, so I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. But I am excited about the new stadium and definitely want to be able to get into a game um, and do that sometime soon. So um, when I was 10 years old, my mother and father were getting divorced. My mother was my stepmother, but uh, I had basically known her since I was four years old. And I had five stepbrothers and sisters at that time. And, you know, it was really a time in my life that I remember really well, right? Like it was, it was, everything was hunky-dory. Um, and, uh, I was pretty disappointed when it was pretty clear that they were um, getting divorced, right? So it was fifth grade, and there was a. Um, can you mute yourself for just a second? Because there's just so much reverb coming. Um, so when I was in fifth grade, there was a candy sale contest, and one of the the main prize for the candy sale contest was that uh, your family would get like this feast at Don Seafood on um, Veterans Highway in Metairie, right? Um, and if anybody uh, if anybody's from New Orleans, they probably know that Don Seafood. I don't even know if Don Seafood's still there anymore, but it certainly wasn't like the the best seafood place. Um, in all of Louisiana, and certainly there's a lot better now. But the way that I viewed it was if if I could make this happen, that my mom and dad would get back together, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, it sort of brings me, me to tears a little bit, um, thinking back to that. Um, but uh, what I did was is... So at that time, I was getting dropped off at my old house, and then my dad would come pick me up, and then we would go to our, our new apartment. Um, so it was official that things were going. I just wasn't getting the memo. But during this candy sale, I would, between school and between the time that my dad would pick me up, I would go door-to-door -door selling candy. Um, these days, you know, that would... You know, that wouldn't be something that most kids would do. Um, I think a lot of the hustle that I have as a human being um, really started 
in this moment. Um, and uh, the thing that was killing me was that there was these first graders that were beating me. And it was two first graders and their parents um, worked at this big, huge warehouse. And so, you know, everyone was buying candy on a daily basis and these first graders weren't doing anything. And meanwhile, I'm busting my ass going door to door, you know, and it's me and them and it's nobody else, right? And uh, it's the last weekend of the candy sale and they have a pretty good lead on me. And so um, I, I think probably would have been like Wednesday, right before the weekend, I said to my dad, uh, well, I said to the teacher first, I said, you know, I need to get three cases of candy to sell. And, and typically, you know, they would only give you, you know, one case or like, you know, 16 from the case. They wouldn't give you like the full case. These were big, gigantic boxes of candy. And the woman was like, you know, I'm not going to do that without, you know, a handwritten note from your parents. Um, and so I said to my dad, who had, she didn't know about my plan with the whole Don Seafood thing. That was, you know, a secret at that point. And so... Um, I said, I need, I need like, I can't remember what it was like three to five case, but it was a lot of candy. I mean, it was a lot of candy. I was like, I was chips in the middle. I'm going all in and I'm going to sell all this candy and I'm winning this damn contest. Um, and, and, and what I want to be really super clear about, and cause you know, I want people to understand the point. I had no idea how I was going to sell this candy, Right. I just knew that I needed to get my dad to sign off for it. And a little bit of the, hey, I just took you away from the family that you love was a little bit of the dig that I had against him. So he signed the paper and I got, you know, this multiple cases of candy. And so I, you know, morning and night, you know, on the weekends, just started selling. You know, I lived in an apartment at the time, so I'm going door to door on the apartments and you know, I'm, I'm 10 years old, you know, so people bought candy from me. Um, but I wasn't selling the candy fast enough. And um, if you're not familiar with New Orleans, this was roughly, I think, February or March, which um, I think most people know. There's this little holiday called Mardi Gras that... Uh, I wasn't factoring into the equation. If if you remember, um, if you're from New Orleans or from Louisiana, there the biggest parade now is in Demian, and it was the biggest parade back then. And there was a police strike in New Orleans, and so they didn't know where they were going to do it. Ultimately, they did it probably three weeks, three blocks from my house, my apartment at the time. Okay, so I just got lucky um, that <laughs> that you know Mardi Gras ended up being three blocks from my house, and I sold all the candy and I won the contest. Um, and I I point to that story a lot of the time, and if you you know obviously you don't see this in a podcast, but you know my uh, you know I'm a little teary eyed just thinking back to the time. Not because of my mom and dad getting divorced. That's not 
that, you know, that is what it is. It's a little unfortunate that that happened to me at such a young age. But, like, I've done that my whole life. I put my chips in the middle so many times. And I'm telling you, you never regret it, you know? I mean, I've failed a bunch of times. I've succeeded a bunch of times. But if you never go for it, you just always wonder, you know? And um, what that moment changed my life forever because it said that you've got to put a blindfold on and walk through the door and someone might hit you in the face with a baseball bat. Um, and that's what life is, you know? And life does that to you occasionally and you have to be ready for it. But the worst thing that you can do is to never take that chance and to never go for it, you know, and to always snuggle up. You know, one of the conversations that I was having with a client, you know, earlier today was she had lost, you know, 120 pounds. And in that process, she gained a little bit of the weight back because that's normal, right? I mean, the normal part of weight loss is that if you lose 120 pounds, your body's going to be a little bit more sensitive to um, storing body fat, you know, as you come out of a dieting cycle. And people get scared to death and often will end up in these large binge and bust cycles. You know, you see that, you know, even with like the, the Biggest Loser and extreme fat loss shows and stuff like this where um, these people that lose 300 pounds, they, they go back. You know, and everyone's thinking, you know, um, that they they don't have any self-control. Well, I would argue that what they don't have is an understanding of what works and, and why, you know. Um, in the case of The Biggest Loser, there's elements of that that's right, you know, in terms of, you know, making activity a priority in your life. But constantly under eating is a net negative, you know. And most people don't learn how to not diet. And that's an emphasis that we, we put out and need to perform. And I think most people don't fail at the dieting part. They fail at the not dieting part. And so that's why not dieting is such a big priority for eat to perform and why we think that we have the ultimate answer. But relating it to my story is that it's scary to not diet when you've lost 120 pounds because you know it's scary to make performance an emphasis in your life but at the same time you know you need to it need you need to move on you know like I said to to her on the phone I said whatever you do right now because she's telling me these weight you know numbers that she needs to lose and stuff like this so look here's the deal Go to a mirror, get naked, and just have the one last good cry, right? But you need to make peace with that lady, you know? And I think that that's something that we all need to do. You know, we all need to, you know, make friends with ourselves, you know, because rarely is our journey about 20 pounds or rarely is it about 120 pounds. It's usually about something deeper and darker. You know, I think the other thing, too, that I heard that was so, so made such a huge impression on me 
um, was that you can't just blame people, your parents, your boss, your life. You can't blame them for the bad stuff. You got to also give them credit for the good stuff, right? It was a really unfortunate event at 10 years old that I was plucked out of a family that I really cared a lot about, about, right? But I'm not who I am today if it wasn't for that, right? And so even though that sucked, I learned something from that that I would not have learned if I hadn't taken that risk, right? And so, you know, most of us get motivated with big moments, right? Where, you know, um, we've kind of let things go too far. I made a short video today. It didn't actually work out. Um, but what I talked about was setbacks. We all have these setbacks, right? We get sick, we get injured, whatever. The problem isn't the setbacks. It's allowing the setbacks to continue, you know? Um, and so for me, just coming out of being sick, you know, get back up on the horse, you know, and get back into the routine. And um, I think the other thing that, that I'm pretty smart about is, you know, being someone that, you know, there's all these people that say, don't weigh yourself daily. And look, I get it. Some people have a complicated relationship with the scale and they can't do that. I will say that for me, it's always been a good thing. It keeps me in check, you know. Um, I don't mind the scale being up though, right? So when I was sick and the scale was up a little bit and I was hungry, I knew I better feed myself otherwise I wasn't going to get better, you know. Um, yesterday was a low day, you know, back to 175, right? So um, I, I think people need to kind of learn that, you know, the ups aren't bad, the downs aren't bad, and just trying to kind of learn the lessons that you need. But uh, but there's often a lot of hard work, and some of the hard work isn't just going to the gym. It isn't going for walks. Sometimes it's mentally allowing yourself to kind of get to a place that challenge you, challenges you. All right. So first trend sheet is from Meg. Do we have any idea, Sarah, on what Meg, I've got some notes from her talking about her dieting history. She's got a powerlifting meet this weekend and she's talking about. I forgot that I was muted. Maybe cutting. Um, let's see. Um, I need you to, Amelia was first on that list. So I'm going to send it again. Just oh. So you have it okay. after Meg. I'll get it. I'll get on to her next. All right, so Megan is not all that familiar to me. Um, let's see. Megan's been doing good with lists. Problem with Megan, and this is a little bit of the problem that we see a lot of the time, is fat loss is the goal, but she hasn't really pushed the upside of things, you know, from the 16th, um, to the, to the 13th, 
right? So let's see, 616, I want to see what happened. So her weight was up a little bit, right, um, from when she first started off. And I'm, see I'm seeing some, some higher numbers throughout the summer. But then Brad gave her cutting numbers. And we haven't really seen a lot of success with that. Um, so what that means is we're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive than I would like. Um, it seems like we're constantly in a dieting cycle <laughs> um, with Megan. And mm -hmm. that doesn't bode well. Um, the previous... This is probably the most aggressive that will be. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and just give her some cutting numbers for after this weekend. But it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't think we've pushed the upside enough. I think she's probably had a lot of moments this summer with vacation and stuff like this where she's trying to keep things relatively normal. Um, but I just don't know how successful this cutting cycle is going to be. But we'll give it a mm -hmm. shot. You know, um, yeah. You're going to be much more uncomfortable than you know I would normally like people to be. Um, and so from that perspective, you know, what we definitely don't want to be doing. See, I don't think your carbs have been up enough to really push kind of like the performance side of things for you. Um, let's see. I just want to look at Brad's notes from you in the past. Yeah, so we, he was talking to you about consistency. All right, so. Normally, we would like to have, you know, be able to pull back a little bit on carbs. Your carbs are already low, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's really not a lot of room there. But I can try to create a little bit of room. Um, if we bring carbs too super low it hurts your recovery and usually you hit a wall much faster um, but these numbers aren't dramatically different than the numbers that you just had you know um, so you are already sort of in a cutting cycle previous to this so I'm not overly optimistic that you know we'll see dramatic weight loss right or dramatic fat loss in this scenario. Um, it seemed like when we first started off, you know, in early May, we had some pretty good numbers. We've always been sort of playing in the in the shallow end, though, right? Um, and then it seems like you get to a point where you gain three pounds and you kind of don't like that. Um, and you, you're doing steps, but you're really not allowing, you know, the potential to really kind of see what that would do long term. So let's see how this cut goes. Uh, we don't, you know, we're pretty much, normally I like to be able to kind of, um, 
you know, have have levels where we can go down. This is pretty much the only level we're going to go down, right? Um, so if we, if your body doesn't respond to this and we don't get into, you know, the mid 150s, we need to get out of this fast, right? Because you're going to need an acclimation period. Um, and that actually might be a little bit of my argument is that if we can just get under 160, just cut to get under 160 and then just sort of normalize and then maybe come mm -hmm. back at it after a good three to four month run, just seems like, you know, we haven't really pushed the upside enough, you know, so hope that makes sense. All right, so Amelia, mm -hmm. do we have any? Yeah, have, she said she's been working hard on consistency and value. Her weight has pretty much been stable. She's going on a beach vacation in six weeks. Six weeks, I would love to lose a few stubborn pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I love those responses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean. I know. It's like, here we go. Yeah. Eat, eat to perform. Awesome. Um. <laughs> I mean, almost the exact same scenario. Like, mm -hmm. like almost the exact same scenario. Too scared to actually push the upside, right? Mm -hmm. um, and now low calories already. Yeah. Low carbs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can lower your fats, and you know, maybe we can get a couple pounds. But I mean, I don't know what you ultimately want to do here. I mean, um, being five seven, you know, you're actually underweight already. You know, right. I think you think that the answer is is different than the answer that I think it is. Um, I think the answer for you to get leaner is going to be to put on muscle. And we're never going to put on any muscle at the calories that you're trying to do it at, at your height and, and, and weight. Right. So I'll do what you're asking me to do, but I think it's a mistake. Um, and I think you're not going to see any success with it. But we'll we'll go ahead and 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 do what we can. But this is the problem with not pushing, you know, the performance side of things and always going to, you know, the fat loss whip, right? Once again, steps like crazy, right? I mean, if your steps are crazy, your calories are already low, and you're not seeing any success. And what's funny is, is she never gave it a shot, right? Um. We started off relatively low, so let's see, 6.13. I feel like sometimes, and everybody's different, but like at the gym when people will approach me and say, you know, they've got great body composition, you can see, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they weigh less than they should already. They're like, but I, I got this, and they, they do a little pull on the skin over their belly, you know, maybe sometimes Amelia needs to hear more of pushing performance and pushing muscle building so that she sees more definition. Yeah. Well, you can't push muscle building. You can't push muscle building, you know, if, if, if every day you wake up and you look in the mirror and go, oh, you know, I'm got too much fat on my body. You know, right. if that's the message you're telling yourself every single day. Well, we're never going to build any muscle, right? Because 
building muscle, you have to be at least a little bit at excess, right? Um, so I've taken calories down, you know, a little bit here, but like I said, not overly optimistic. I mean, until we start pushing, you know, I mean, steps are one thing, you know, and I mean, I, I think that that's a, something that we, you know, I mean, just kind of the same old routine, right? You know, I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at workouts, okay? So you're not in the in the workout tab. Tell me what what her workouts look like. Okay. Don't don't go in the workout tab. Oh, don't go in her workout tab. No, she, tell me what her workouts. She probably works out six days a week. I'm guessing. Right, but high tell intensity. me what. Go go go. High intensity. Okay, you got high intensity, right? Tell me the other thing that she does. Cardio all the time. Running. Either CrossFit, either CrossFit or boot camp. Right, but uh, okay, yep. But uh, I think we got boot camp uh, registered as well. But yeah. um, running. But running, you know. So yeah. so we're running all the time. We're we're doing hit. We're doing all these things. Now there's strength in there, okay? But it's not the majority, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not building muscle. We're we're probably losing muscle in this scenario because the calories are already low. You know, now she has, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, she's definitely giving it, you know, um some effort, right? But you can you can give the effort in the gym. And then not give the effort with the food, and then you end up wasting your time. You know, right. uh, I said this at the beginning of the podcast. Eat to perform is about learning how to not diet, right? If mm -hmm. every single time your solution is go back to the hammer, the hammer just becomes ineffective, right? Mm -hmm. So we're, we're going to give you hammer macros. Right. But when you come back from vacation, let's be done with all this bullshit. Right. Because frankly, it's not helping you. and It's not getting you where you want to go. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, let's also be honest about this part. You didn't just show up to eat before. Right. There were 16 other things that you did previous to this that, you know, landed you here. Right. So if you're going to come here and half-ass it, right, then we're sort of missing the point of being here. And so, mm -hmm. so that's, that's the other piece. And I think one of the things that's kind of cool about Untapped, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to talk to you in a way that you'll hear me, right? Because what you're doing is not eat to perform. What you're doing is some version of extreme dieting that ultimately is just landing you in the same spot over and over again. You know, you're already lean, right? So in, in some ways, being the weight that you are at the height that you are, you know, average female, 5'5", five, five, 155. I say that all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Amelia is 5'7". She says really great feedback. Yeah. Amelia's saying yeah. she'll definitely push it after vacation. Yeah. She knew what you were going to say, she said. Yeah, I mean, Amelia's 5'7", you know, and I'm proud of the fact that people know what I'm going to say, you know, yeah. because I think people do need to hear this stuff more often, you know, and, 
I agree. I think when you're five seven, you know, you're already lean. The answer for mm-hmm. you to get leaner, you know, at 146 is muscle, right? And right. she's doing strength training, right? And you know, but we gotta also make sure that we have the food piece in place. And I think that that's going to be, be helpful. And truthfully, I think that, you know, if Amelia would allow herself to mentally get to 150, right, that mm-hmm. she would actually like the physique changes that she would get to, you know, um, from right. allowing, allowing that mental shift. All right. So... Let's see. Um, so Jordan is next. And Jordan says, I uh, couldn't figure out how to post it. I've been following my current set of macros for two months. I've been fairly good at staying within the green for the most part. My weight has been pretty consistent. Staying within a certain range with no massive changes. I've not had any changes in my... And then stops. Mm. <laughs> yeah i mean okay once again you know five five one thirty four right wow holy uh, cow i'm one thirty steps are, five two steps are on point right um how do people think that muscle is built right do people think that muscle gets built overnight because it doesn't, you know, it's really something that takes time. You know, I would argue that for her, um, we could look at, you know, upping fats. Um, Mm -hmm. She says she doesn't know why the rest of the text isn't typing. Just just type it. Yeah. Um, so I think if 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 we're focused on performance, if we're focused on you know gradual muscle building over time, then we probably need to raise fats to do that. Steps are on point. Um, let me just take a look at workout tab. Okay. <laughs> um, same thing, right? Um, what are we doing? CrossFit. Okay, so she. CrossFit, cycling, right? Now there's more strength coming in. She's doing some rucks. These things are all positive. I think what we need to do for you is to really up your fats a little bit and be a little bit more focused on the muscle building piece. Um, And not go super aggro with that, but I think you'll be able to stay relatively weight stable. I mean, we're not trying to, you know, I mean, first of all, in terms of recomp, this is sort of what recomp looks like. When she first started eating form, she was 140. Now she's 134. That's a good thing. So sort of the prescription that I said for the last two for Meg and Amelia is sort of what I want for you. You know, what I want for you is to um, – I'm going to just cut and paste this here. Okay. So I'm going to just read you the rest of it because it's come through. What she was saying is she's not had any changes in her measurements. Yeah. But I feel like I may have done some exchanging. I've not had my body fat properly tested. I used the sensors on my um, Fitbit scale, which I know is not completely accurate. I only like the numbers out of curiosity. Yeah. Uh, I have a bad pad session 
that I'll probably use next week and see what that says. Okay, so have you bod potted previously? Um, no. Okay, so the, your bod pod is worthless. I mean, it's not unhelpful, but it won't show you whether you're gaining any muscle, right? It's just going to, that will be your baseline. That'll be the first one you've right. ever done. You know? Yeah, so, which is a great starting point. It's a great starting point, but it's not going to be super, super it's helpful. Worthless. I mean, it is worthless from the standpoint of whether or not you, you've actually seen any success, right? That's like stepping on a scale. That's like stepping on a scale the first time and going, yep, 134 pounds. Good you know? job. <laughs> right. Like, like. I mean, wouldn't you, like, seriously, if you stepped on a scale for the first time and you were 134, <laughs> your first thought would be, I need to get to 129, right? Yeah. Nobody's perfect. I mean, I would right. imagine, I would imagine Phil Heath goes in, like, who's the, who's the, Dana Lynn Bailey. So, so, oh, yeah. so Dana Lynn yeah. Bailey, who is like this physique competitor, um, and I mean, I see her talking about how she needs to improve on this or that, you know. And it's so funny because people follow her because she's sort of this ideal, right? But I guarantee you, whether you're Brooke Entz or, or whoever the daughters are in CrossFit or Dana Lynn Bailey, you know, everyone's always thinking that they have progress. So the first time that we – sorry, my, my feet got interrupted – um, but the first time we go into any kind of cycle, you know, that's pretty much where we are. And I mean, if you joined each reform, you probably joined each reform because you weren't thinking you were perfect at that point, right? You wanted to, to take some progress. So I'm going to start pushing things a little bit for you that I think. And Jordan, she says that, um, she's actually happier. She's much happier where she is now, which she started when she was 120, she changed from to performance yeah. instead of fat loss. When she says 120, because um, the first number I see is 140. When she says she just stated that she's much feels like she looks much better than now than when she was 120. And that's April's story, right? So April is mm -hmm. very similar to you, where mm -hmm. um, you know she. You know, she started off, I believe she was 115, went through a period as a, as a vegetarian. Um, and so I'm going to move. I'm not going to play too much with the carbs. I'm going to raise the, the low-day carbs a little bit. Um, but we're going to try and get you a little bit more fats so we can kind of do kind of like the recomp thing. I don't know. We're not going to be losing weight here, but I think that... One, if you're getting a bod pod. Okay, so here, here's what you need to know as a female getting a bod pod. Okay? You want to do the bod pod seven days after your cycle. And you want to do it in the morning. Right? The change in water related to your menstrual cycle is monstrous for women and can make the difference between 5 and 6%. Right? Because there's already a margin of error with all of these things you know what you want to do is have a consistency as it relates to all of your bod pods you know and for women the consistency is seven day post cycle early a.m right that's when you do it 
All right. So you've got more food. Um, I'm really excited to see how this goes. I don't think you need vastly more carbs than what you have right now. Um, and I think what you're probably going to see is your performance is going to skyrocket. I do like the trend where you went to um, where you went to strength training a little bit more. I like the rucks. Um, and she says she's been PRing recently, so that's good. She's happy with that. Yeah. And, I mean, let's keep those steps up. I think that that's important. Um, I do like the direction you're going. I think the more food's going to help. Um, I do wish you had a, 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 um, a trend sheet elite because what I'd really like you to do is be able to hit the on-demand button in two weeks and let's see where we're at, right? Um, but, you you know, we can obviously do this through through these so if you want to just show up in the in the class um, two weeks from now that's a way to do it but I'm telling you guys if you if you don't have an on-demand sheet you're really missing a lot of value I mean I don't know what people pay for CrossFit you know my CrossFit's really expensive it's like $300 a month right for my wife and I mm -hmm. I mean the the on-demand sheets are $9.95 a month and I mean, I would argue in terms of body composition that this is going to be more valuable to most people. Um, and it gives you a direct line of access to, to myself and Brad. So, all right. Okay. Tara, you have Tara's in there? I do. Awesome. But I think, you know, I, I know, you know, I know I, I kind of started on like this sort of negative um, um, with Jordan, but I do like a lot of things that she's doing. I think these changes are gonna gonna be good for her. Yeah, you should upgrade, Jordan. All right, so. Okay, Tara says, I've been pretty weight stable since starting. I'm trying to increase my volume and weight amounts. Wondering if my numbers are on the low side or where they should be for me trying to recover. Well, let's take a look. I love your numbers. Um, there's, I'm definitely going to make some changes, but I really, really like your numbers. Um, one of the things that we don't talk that much about because everybody's always focused on carbs is what it takes to build muscle, right? And certainly for muscle protein turnover, you wanna have a significant amount of, of carbohydrates. Um, so you can kind of get those muscles hydrated and you know, you've got things headed in a positive direction in terms of performance and that's why people PR and all this other stuff. Um, we've seen a gradual trend down. My suspicion is that there's already been a fair amount of recomp. Um, I don't know that I'm gonna get so super aggressive on your low day, but I am gonna move the carbs on your medium and high day. So just give me one second while I make these changes. I do love your fats. I'm just gonna give you a little better guide on, on those though. Just cause we still kinda wanna keep that in check a little bit. I'm gonna keep that low day the same as I move 
things up. Kind of the same thing that we did with Gilly today, Sarah, where yeah. um, as we're making these changes, carbs are going up a little bit. Try to keep the, right. the low day kind of low enough to where, I mean, we don't want it to be super uncomfortable, but at the same time, we want it to be effective. Right. right. So um, I think this is going to be pretty awesome. Are you changing that? I'm actually, I'm in the notes box. I'm making notes. I'm not in the numbers. Do you see where I am? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I meant to change that to 74, not not 64. So, okay. Wow. I'm a pit bull. I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not a pit bull. And we know for sure you're not a pit bull, right? I don't, I don't want to be a pit bull. I, I'm a delicate flower. I, that has been shown over and over again. Um, so you're, you're achieving the goals that you want. I'm just saying like, don't know, be mean. I, I take some NyQuil. And go I, to always, sleep. I always thought That's it, what I, would, I, I would tell you, I would say, go take some NyQuil and go to sleep. Don't talk to me. Yeah. As a recovering alcoholic, I think that that's probably a bad idea for me. Um, <laughs> since there's alcohol in NyQuil. So Thanks for the uh, thanks for the suggestion that I should relapse so I would not. You know what? That's not even funny. I thought it's you. Were, I thought you were the crab with the knife. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not. See, I'm a delicate flower. See, I when I say pit bull, I I feel like I mean other than the pit bull guy that's on every radio station all the time. Listen, just because I got a car that I like doesn't make me a wuss. Okay. You want to go? You want to start right now? We can. Come oh my on. goodness! I'm gonna come through the screen. We. I feel like I feel like this would be the best podcast ever if I actually had this conversation with you. But I'm not going to have this conversation with you. Um, but it, but it would be the most entertaining podcast ever. Peacock. Peacock. <laughs> Why are you saying peacock? Why are you? Why do you yeah. do these weird things that make no sense? Because there's a game. There's a game, and one of the questions is: during conflict, what kind of animal represents the way you handle conflict? And peacock creates a scene, makes a scene, creates a distraction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that. That's, that's what we You are one hundred percent a peacock. That's the only thing that gets you to stop talking, though. Seriously, no. I mean. That's the only thing that gets you to stop. Stop. Can, can stop. We, can we have the discussion? I mean, do you want to have the discussion that you just bought a used car at a new car price? Right? I mean, your boss, your boss worked in the car business, sold like, you know, 40 cars a month for ever. You know, gave you the playbook. I gave her the playbook, folks, for how to buy a car. I'm texting with her as she's buying this car. And the text I've never bought a car by myself before. The tech, you weren't by yourself. You were with someone that knows a lot about oh car God. buying. Let me read those text messages. You should read those text You're messages. You're doing everything I told you not to do. I'm like, really? I told really? I gave her the playbook. So if you ever, um, the, um, there's a scene in Rounders, right, where yeah. where Kanish is talking to Mike McDermott, and Mike McDermott says, "I'm really, I'm really hung up here. I'm in a bad spot. 
And Kanish says to him, he's like, I gave you the playbook. I I gave you my beats that I've learned over time. And what'd you do? You just pissed it away. That's what you did. I gave you the formula to buy a car, right? A reliant, hold on, hold on. A reliant K will get your ass to the grocery store. You do not heat, You do not need a heated steering wheel. I need a heated steering wheel. It's like driving a little Italian sports car, race car, or something. It's always funny to me that people will buy, will buy like you know, will think about buying an iPhone, right? And they're like, oh yeah, I don't want to upgrade to the newest iPhone because that would be seven hundred dollars. And then they will buy like a heated steering wheel, which costs like eleven hundred dollars, right? Okay. And if you were given so, the choice, you would go. There's no way I would do that. Let's just, just, just kind of, I mean, the car had 40,000 miles on it. It was driven by a man who was near 70 years old. Here, I just want to. It's not like I bought, you know, you're like, why are you buying other people's problems? That's what you're doing. No, I did not. I said other. uh, I don't want a new car that doesn't have. I said, why are you down with, why are you down with OPP? (laughs) Why do you want other people's property? You know? You know what? Sometimes you just need to be good to yourself. No, you what you want. Like be a good, yeah, be good to yourself. Go to a spa, but buy a Hyundai Elantra, right? You know what I did? You know what this was? This was me putting all my chips in, and I took that was not. That was not, oh my god! That is, <laughs> that is so not what this is. You just yeah, that's what it is. You just got abused by this car dealer. Right, who supposedly is your friend? You probably have not been at a barbecue with this family that my son wrestles with. I mean, look, the guy's probably not a bad guy, and the car's probably not a bad car. Here's the other thing: I can get it through. Here, wait, wait. wait. I want to rewind. Okay, so he told you that this car was driven by a 74-year-old man. I met him. You you met I met the man. He works he works at the dealership. That's next level, right? That's a, 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 when I go back into the car business, I'm gonna hire a seventy four year old actor and I'm gonna say the same shit that guy told you, right? Um <laughs> chips in Paul. No, you weren't putting all your chips in. I was because I wanted a, I wanted hey, tell, a, tell I, him how, never, I don't buy stuff. Tell them how many I, tell many tell them how many car dealerships you went to. Tell everybody's everybody's listening, tell them how many car dealerships you went to. Tell them how much research you did previous to buying this car because while you were buying this car, while you were buying this car, I sent you screenshots of new cars that you could buy at that same price, right? You did not put, you put all your... Okay, we're on the phone and I'm like, okay, don't worry. No, I'm not going to make a decision today. No, there's no way I'm buying a car today. That was our conversation. I left, I went there. And the next text I sent you was a picture of four different cars. And I said, I think I like this one best. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, oh my God. You know, the, the, and then I said, so I sent, I sent Sarah a message saying how I bought my last Jeep, right? And how I bought my last Jeep was I walked in with my checkbook. I did about 
two days worth of research on the car that I was going to buy. And I walked into the dealer with printouts and said, can you sell me this car in 15 minutes? Because if it, if it takes 16 minutes, I'm walking out of here, right? And literally, the dude was like, we can 100% do what you want, Mr. Nobles, right? But that's the, that's the value of preparation. But let me tell you, you did not go your chips in. You did go chips all in, right? You did go chips all in. You're right. Oh, I can get a brand new car with nothing, with windows that I had, like all the other cars but that you, I've had. I got a roll of windows. But you okay? I, you put all, all your the meters I've had, or you, I can get a car that's no, no. two years old that has heated seats and it's got a little Italian sports car on the inside. <laughs> See, and it's not. Here's that's how they get you, that. man. That's how they get you. You know, I am currently driving. I am currently driving um a a rental car. That, that's a loaner from the dealership because I'm getting my brakes worked on on my Mini Cooper, right? And the new Mini Cooper that I'm like, I'm in love with. Vicky's in love with. We need to divorce this rental car as quickly as possible, right? Because this is how they get you. You know what I'm saying? Like they get you and, and all you really need is to go to the fucking high V. Right? That's all you need to do. You don't you don't need a heated steering wheel. You don't need I've never had a nice car before. You don't have a nice car now. Right? <laughs> like, I know it's not a super nice car, but it makes me feel the fact that I don't know the difference between one car or another, I, I appreciate I, what I have. I guarantee you, if you had a new Hyundai Elantra, right, you you'd be like, this is fine. This will get me to high V. I would get, it would be totally, yeah, this will, absolutely would. But if it's nice and heavy. That's what I like about it. I actually feel like I'm driving a tank, but it's really small. It's not heavy. It's not heavy. It is heavy. No. No, there, it's very there heavy. Are no, there are no heavy Dodge darts, right? Yes. It's <laughs> heavy, Paul. The best thing you said to me that day. As I'm like, I really, really love it. But just understand, I just really love it. You said to me, can you just please around telling people that you have the best Dodge Dart in the schoolyard? Please Absolutely. Don't say that. I'm like, I don't know the difference. I just know I like that car. Yeah, well, that's how they get That's why when you show up. Okay, so so let's talk about your your um, your metaphor of putting all the chips in the middle. Okay, here's what you did. So you, you took a seven and a two. Right, and you taped it to your forehead, and you put all your chips in the middle. Right, that's exactly what you did. Um, Whatever. I gave you my playbook. I showed oh. you the beats that I had taken over years and years. And what'd you do? You just threw it all away. I did not. You just threw I it. I did not throw it away. And I'm, you know what? It's not all, all the stuff from all the everything either. It's a car excuse my language it's a goddamn fucking car i'm just telling it's you is people you know what that was? people driving hyundai elantras to the, to the high v or the cub foods just like you you know what i mean um you know what i wasn't after i talked to you i was like i don't even need a car it's not even worth the fucking stress i'm <laughs> listening to him talk that's what i was trying to do i was trying to i was trying to walk my ass to aldi and get my groceries. Absolutely. I 
I was trying. I was trying to stop you from making a bad decision. I wanted you to take one day to make a better decision. This is the best podcast we've ever you done. You know what? I took, here's what I did. I took one day to drive that car, borrow it, take it home overnight. Oh I took one day to drive Stevie to school in it before I bought it. Man. I'm just telling you. I'm gonna, let me see some of your stack, your messages here. I'll make a cot for Tommy on the Hicks wrestler machine. <laughs> Okay, that, I don't know if you made a good deal or bad, and we will never know because you didn't explore your options. Exactly. There, employment verification. Well, wait, hey, wait, wait, come out, come out. Here's what we need oh, to do. Nice what do you say? They aren't going to call me. They Just, could care less. Hold on, hold Please on. You're ne- the coolest job start in the yard. The next person, the next person you date, right? Just go to the church with that son of a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Just go to the church, sign up for the lifetime plan, right? That's exactly what you did. I've never seen anybody that does that, right? Steak knives. Yeah. Steak knives. I mean, you'll be steak knives forever, right? Because, so, I I can't even explain the steak knives. But if you want to go look at Glenn Garrett, Glenn Ross, you'll get the steak knives reference. And do you know how much a Fiat or a Kia costs? Yeah, I mean, like I googled, I googled Fiat five hundred and it was sixteen thousand three hundred dollars. You know, that's very close to what you paid for this Dodge Dart that was used by somebody else, by seventy, by seventy four year old actor that they hire at the dealership just for suckers like you, Sarah. Fucking stop! I'm not retarded, okay? I was the first time I bought a car by myself. I, you weren't by yourself. You were with me. That's what I was trying to. That was, I was trying to express to you. So, by the way, when I said Fiat to my children, I had one who was like, "Oh yes, Google it, <laughs> searching. Oh, Stevie. Oh, look at this one, Bob. Bob, Bob, look at this one." And Tommy's over there like this, going. Please tell Paul if he ever says the word fiat again, I'm out. Out? Me and Tommy not cool anymore? Is that what he's saying? Because I will, you know, I will save the spot for Stevie on the hip thruster, right? And he'll have to sleep, like, near the the boiler room or whatever, you know, or the furnace, (laughs) you know. I'm just saying, like, but. You know what? When you, next time you come out here, I'll take, I'll let you even drive my Dodge Dart. There's no question about that. I mean, I hope you drive. I hope you immediately signed up for driving school. But there's no question that I'm driving your Dodge Dart because there's for sure you're not driving me. You know, my life is way too valuable. What? Listen, what happened to putting all the chips in? Sometimes you need to take risks. No, 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 no. You, you, you missed the metaphor. You missed the metaphor. The metaphor isn't to put your hands in the life of a bad driver, right? It's it's a matter of taking a calculated risk when you're you've explored your other options. All right. Well, it's done. It's, so it's okay. Done. It's done. And you know, I sent you the 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 good day song where it says you bring your. Bring your Dodge to the car wash. And I thought that was very... I, you know what? At that point, I thought maybe he's over it now. I was over it. I was. <laughs> not, I thought because the 
here's what happens. When you have an accident, you beat the shit out of yourself. You feel like crap. I know, but that's why that's why they get to take advantage of you. That's what my point is. Because your boss tells you that he's never calling you a pit bull anymore. Oh, that's a great way to build my self-esteem. Oh, I'm over here crying. Really? Who's life coaching me? I'm getting called steak knife. See, I, you know what? I'm calling Mike Milner. See, now you're now you're guilt tripping me for trying to do the right thing by you. At that point, you were like, you had stars in your eyes. This was the best Dodge Dart on I the planet. Sweating. I'm sweating now, thinking about it. Yeah. I was sweating, and I had tears in my eyes. I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed. You did no research. You bought the first <laughs> car you saw, right? I think everybody car. listening is on my side. Car. It wasn't the first. Every, everybody's listening is on my side, right? Because That's not true. They, they, you know what? They feel like, you know what? Sarah, single mom, three kids, always buying stuff for her kids, always doing... You know what? She just bought a car that she likes. No, no. Yeah, that's what, she, that's what they're thinking. I mean, you, you didn't need a car that you liked. You just needed a car. That's the problem is that when you're in need, you're feeling pain, right? That's when cocaine works the best. That's when heroin works the best. That's how car dealers do it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you already have a certain level of pain, right? And they're going to cure that pain with the shiniest heated steering wheel Dodge Dart on the planet. I can't hear this pain in my ear right now. I can't hear any of this pain I have in my ear yeah. right now. I hear this sound that's really... But I wasn't trying to hurt your feelings. I was trying to help you, you know? And I guarantee you, next time... See, the, the one advantage of being me, right? See, not everybody knows this side of me. But... The one... Well, I don't know. Maybe people do. But, but the one advantage of being me is that next time, there's almost certainly going to be some research done, right? At least let me do it. I would have spent five hours... Goddamn doubt is there going to be research done. Because I could not... The, the days of the I sweats sweats I could wring my clothes out sweating oh okay my goodness. you better believe and and now I think about what your children must go through okay because all I could think was yeah oh no Next oh time. oh let's bring this up oh yeah let's go here okay let me tell you about my daughter right now who's just learning to drive okay most people. Know her as a makeup mogul. I've talked about her many times. We've made videos and stuff like that. You know what my daughter's doing right now? Okay. She wants to buy a van. So she has a plan. <laughs> this is so awesome. This is so awesome that you brought this up. Okay. She has a plan from today to February to earn $18,500. So she can buy this van that she's been researching for the last two fucking years. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. So. She's so lucky that she has parents like you and Vicky who have taught her. I don't, don't bring up. Don't bring up Vicky's name in vain in this one. Right? It's not in vain. It is in vain because it. Uh, it is a, listen. We all know who the brains are behind the man behind the curtain. 
I, okay. I get Dickie. I will guarantee you that that's the case, but that's not the case in this scenario because in this scenario, my daughter is is selling makeup, right? And motivated to sell makeup. She got that from the candy sale guy, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um that, and that's awesome. I mean, that is incredible. I mean, I will, you know, on yeah, and obviously we're having a little bit of fun. Um, even though Sarah's feelings got hurt, um, but I'm, my feelings are fine. I just shut you out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it is you know it is something I think about a lot um, in terms of opportunity, you know. And I know that my kids are exposed to um, things that other kids aren't exposed to, you know. And I think about that a lot, you know. Uh, one of the charities that I thought about creating at some point was this idea of taking $500 kind of similar to what my my daughter did you know where she's she had like a, a $700 investment that actually came from her sister um, and right now I think she's got about $4,000 worth of inventory she's selling like $500 a day right now it's like unreal wow. yeah that's awesome so she values the product at the prices that she paid, not the prices that she can sell it for. She's in the process mm -hmm. of setting up her own eBay store, which gives her some advantages and stuff like that. But when I was going for a small business loan, this was probably when I was like 24, 25. Um, I was doing so in the city of St. Paul. And even though my concept and idea wasn't phenomenal the people that I was surrounded by um, their ideas needed to sort of evolve you only have the ideas related to the community that you're in and if there's no opportunities in the communities that you're in right the only opportunities that you see are liquor store you know um, mm -hmm. And, and, and a lot of things that really kind of tear away from communities rather than kind of build them up. And what was interesting about that process, because we were working with this guy that, that was a futurist, and just the businesses that came out of it, you know, from those initial discussions. And uh, I think actually the one guy, um, you know, there was no way that they were going to allow another liquor store in that area, right? So what he did was, um, in that area, they were building it up. They were already setting it up to be kind of a nicer, it was a community development program, right? And um, he ended up opening up a wine um, store. And yeah. that wine store still exists, and it's very popular. Um wow. And so I think that what happens with a lot of people is, you know, you're sort of limited to kind of your experiences. And when you can, you know, have more, you know, interactions with people that have opportunity. And I know that my kids are very lucky for sure. Um, but it is definitely a goal of mine, um, you know, in the future to be able to give some of the experiences that I've had 
Um, cause I, you know, I didn't come from, I mean, I didn't come from like super poor. My dad was a manager at UPS, which is a fairly well-paid position, but it wasn't like, you know, we were balling out of control. I lived in a trailer for, you know, um, half of my 18 years while I was living with my dad. Um, there was some irresponsible things with money, but from those things, I learned to be more responsible. Um, my dad has really good work ethic. Um, but I would say my entrepreneurial spirit, I don't know where I got it from. You know, my mom, my mom was a hustler. I mean, straight up, you know, my mom, my mom was a, was a hustler, but I didn't really get it from her. I didn't know. I think what I got from my entrepreneurial spirit, truthfully, it was probably from my dad because I looked at how underappreciated he was at UPS. Um, right. And how hard he worked and how little yeah. he was available to our family. And yeah. and I kind of... I think that comes from for survival as well. I yeah. think that that kind of gets born. Well, I, like... it just, once I started to figure out that I could do just about anything and work hard and make money, mm -hmm. um, that did kind of open the door, you know, for mm -hmm. the various adventures that... I've been on and I've had some, some grand failures. You know, I was in the, um, sports memorabilia business and we had, you know, over a million dollars worth of inventory that went to like zero overnight. And mm -hmm. that was a definite, you know, turning the light switch on and off in the closet, kind of wondering where we're going to go from here moment, you know, and I've had more than a few of those. And I look back at all of those things really positively you know it just it it made me who i am today you know and and you know it's kind of funny we joke about being all in but right now at at 48 years old i don't tend to go all in right i don't push all the chips in the middle anymore because you know i'm willing to risk x amount for whatever you know right but i have some reserves. So I definitely know, I mean, I do have a, a certain amount of empathy to your situation because obviously you needed a car, you know, but I just wanted right. to be an advocate for you, but you just weren't, I know. you and weren't I listening to a damn word I had to say. I was listening. I was hearing the words. I just wasn't paying attention to them. But, or... but the car has red stitching on the inside. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that red stitching get you to the high V faster or get you to Stevie's ballet recital faster or whatever, yeah. you know, or play? Stevie, and just, can I just share with you, we are now in man palms. Let me just. What's man palms? Okay. Man palms are boys. It's the boys cheerleading team for the girls powder puff football team. I love it. That's awesome. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool that he's into school spirit. Emily is struggling a little bit with like the school spirit part um, oh. of, you know, being a freshman. It was interesting because oh. I was walking today and right as my walk was ending, a lot of the high school kids were going in and it's like, you know, first football game with school in session and they had, you know, one kid had like two big you know, flags in the back of his truck. One said Egan, the other one said the pit, which is what they call the football mm -hmm. field. 
Um, and you know, what I said to Emily, I said, what's, what's cool about school spirit is that when, you know, I always joke that her, her friend, um, see Emily is hyper smart. She's in honors, everything. Um, and she, all of her friends are in honors, everything. I said, so when you and Sushma cure cancer, right? Um, that kid that had that flag in his truck, he's going to go, yeah, that lady that cured cancer, she was at my school. She was a freshman when I was a senior. And I said, so I know that it's hard to kind of get into the school spirit and stuff like this. It's all new and it's scary. I said, but it's just one of the most rewarding experiences that you can kind of be a part of, especially, you know, this is not a school that does not value the smart kids, right? They're, they're celebrated the same way, you know, um, Egan is sort of known for, um, a tradition of speech and debate, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of the, you know, extracurricular stuff isn't just football. It certainly wouldn't be football. They're not very good at football. Um, but, um, but, but it's always nice, you know, Friday nights just to have those experiences and stuff like that. So anyway, that was a very entertaining podcast. Um, they got to see our various levels of dysfunction. So I'm going to let you go. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye now.